Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. We head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. A man that understands how the dollars work. From Puckpedia, we welcome back to the show, Hart Levine. Hello, Hart. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Well, I'd be better if, and I, I hate to be that guy as Edmonton deals with fog and minus 7 to minus 10, but it's been ugly here the last couple of weeks, hasn't it, down in SoCal? De- definitely uh, not, not great for here, yeah, uncharacteristic. Like is, I mean, how many years have you lived down here now? Uh, about eight, eight or nine years now. Eight or nine years. And have you ever seen a suspended or a sustained uh, run of rainy weather like this here before? Oh no, I, I think I went one time a couple of years without any rain at all. So yeah, this is this is crazy how much uh, rain. But I mean, it was pretty dry, so it's probably needed. But yeah, it's a it's a lot, and people here don't handle it that well. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't handle a lot of things very well here. All right, uh, let's get to it. You you had a post out yesterday, um, Evander Kane. He's uh, traveling and skating with the team on a daily basis, uh, chomping at the bit to get back in the lineup. The initial worst-case scenario for Kane after he got stepped on across his wrist uh, and suffered some severed wrist tendons uh, was, you know, three and a half to four months, which would have put him back to March the maybe 15th after the NHL trade deadline. The reality of the situation is, as of right now, he's well ahead of schedule. Um now, the Oilers do have a bye week in late January, early February, which would bring them back into play around February 6th or 7th. Some might say that would be the optimal time for Kane to return. I would say that would be the worst-case scenario. If you know, I, I, We do get a chance to see Evander. He's chomping at the proverbial bit to get back in the lineup. Uh, maybe as early as, believe it or not, next Tuesday against Seattle. Maybe a more likely scenario might be a week later when Edmonton hosts Colorado and, or sorry, Chicago and Columbus. But then the argument is, why would you only bring him back for the two games at that stage? Regardless of when he comes back, the Oilers have got to make some things uh, from an accounting perspective work out, do they not? Oh, definitely, yeah. So they they've been utilizing his five point one two five million dollar cap in LTIR. Um, and if you think about it, like when they started the season, when they captured their initial LTIR, um, like once Kane is healthy, they they basically that's back to the amount of money they had to work with. Which, if you remember, they they they, they set their pool with twenty one players, and that that included Yanmark and the miners, right? So, you know, they have to basically get back to that with Kane healthy. There's so they could do a couple of things. They could go with a twenty one man roster when Kane comes back, but that would include sending someone down whether it's Yanmark or someone else, someone that's a, at least a $1.125 million cap hit or more. If they did that, they could go back to a, a 21-man roster. Or if they don't want to send anyone down that, that high of a cap hit, they'd have to go with a 20-man roster and send four guys down. So, um, yeah, the, 
either way, um, they're going to have to make some decisions, some guys on waivers and, and sending some guys down and then going pretty lean from that point on. Look, we know you follow the team, Hart. Uh, the reality of the situation is I would think that it's unlikely that Janmark goes back down this time. Would you not agree? He's playing 15 minutes a game. Yeah, you would think. Um, so the question is: Is it uh, you know? Is it Ryan? Is it maybe something more drastic like Fogel or Puyarvi, assuming no trade? Or again, do they? If they don't want to send a guy down with a big cap it, then they'd have to send like some like Shore, Dayarne, Nimalain, and then Holloway down. Um, that would get them to twenty on the roster. Um, and they'd have five hundred thousand of cap space at that point, but that, you can't do anything with that. So, but that'd be twenty on the roster. So, you know, and then that's without Holloway and, and, and no room if a guy gets nicked up, then you're you're playing short a game. So that's you know it's tricky. So there's no easy solution. It's either sending a guy down with a bigger cap hit that you probably don't want to. Um, and then at least though you have one spare guy, um, or sending basically sending four guys down that, that don't need waivers, but, or, or in the case of shore, um, unlikely to be claimed. And then, uh, but then you're down to 20 man roster. So it's, it's not an easy decision. All right. So let's just play the hypothetical game. What happens if one of Fogel or Paul Yarby goes down? one of them go down, then they would have to send um, like Shore and Dayarnay down as well, and they would be down to 21 players and have exactly zero dollars of cap space. Because at that point, they basically recreated their opening roster. And if you remember, uh, um, if you remember, they had Yanmark down. So instead of Yanmark, it would be you know one of those guys. And then instead of a guy like they had Malone at 762, they would have Nima Linen for the same cap hit, right? And Costin um, on the active roster instead of Ryan Murray. I should say in all these these scenarios, we're assuming Ryan Murray would go to LTIR at 750. Um, he's been out long enough now, so he could. If he were to be healthy, um, you know, that's another 750 they'd have to either clear by sending him down or someone else down. So that's another kind of X factor. I'm not sure how long he's out, but in figuring out how to get Kane back, I'm assuming that they would just put Murray to LTIR and, and get that 750. We're joined right now by Hart Levine from Puckpedia. We just, I don't know if you heard the interview, but we just had Pat Verbeek on the show, the GM of the Anaheim Ducks. He's got a bunch of pending UFAs, especially on defense, specifically Klingberg, a $7 million cap hit, and then Shattenkirk. They're both kind of offensive puck movers, though. I think Shattenkirk is not quite the same guy he once was. Uh, and he talked about the fact that there hadn't been a lot of discussions. Now, if you take a look, uh, sort of in terms of where teams are at, uh, salary-wise, the reality of the situation, it's pretty obvious at, at the end of the day. I mean, how many different teams right now are in actual LTIR, which significantly limits the amount of flexibility they have to wheel and deal? 17 teams are, aren't going to finish over the cap this year because they've used LTIR. That's as of now. And so we still have half the season to go. So, um, and there's a few teams that are pretty tight. Like a team like Calgary has a bit in LTIR, but they've been tight all season. So, you know, you'd think at some point there could be injuries there as well. So there's a couple other teams. I wouldn't be surprised if we get to like 20 teams by the end of the year that are that have used LTIR. Do you believe that cap space is a weapon? Oh, definitely. I mean, look at the best example are the couple of trades that Vegas has had to make recently where they're trading guys, you know, good players with value, but for no return. Like um, when they traded Florio, when they traded Max Pacioretty, right? Like um, same with, 
with uh, San Jose trading Brent Burns, they got a little return, but not commensurate to the player. So it's definitely a, a weapon, um, you know. And I think if you look at it both ways, teams make bad cap commitments, and that then they have to kind of pay or add assets to get out of it. And then there's teams that have cap space, and they need they they should be using it because you can't take like if the team finishes with cap space this year, they can't take it home with them and and it helps them next year. So I think um, you know we see teams that finish the year with lots of cap space and they they didn't get in the mix on trying to weaponize it to take on bad contracts or to be a third party team in a in a retention like a third team involved in a retention trade, um, which I think is also kind of a, a waste. So it's definitely a weapon and it needs to be used or like like I said. You either use it or lose it. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, the owners are going to play the San Jose Sharks next. You mentioned Brent Burns. And the Sharks are still on the hook for $2.72 million for three more years on Brent Burns. They have Eric Carlson. He is having an unbelievable season. Now, I am hearing the Sharks want three first-round picks for Carlson, and they'll retain 18%. And I'm trying to think... Well, how many? He's making eleven million, eleven point five million dollars a year. So, you know, twenty percent of that, you know, that's like one point for for the sake. Yeah, it's like two million. Like, it's still going to cost the team over nine million dollars to have them on their team. I don't know how many teams could take that cap hit. Uh, we'll endeavor to to get somebody on from San Jose in the next couple of days. But it it just it is a really interesting time around the league uh, because the reality is sometimes you just want an underperforming contract right off the books because of the flexibility that it might provide you. And the irony of the situation for Edmonton is that. With Clefbaum and Larson coming off the books this year, their contracts are both up. They're both been on LTIR all season. It's actually going to make Edmonton's summer, is it fair to say, considerably easier, assuming they don't get a significant injury, that'll hamstring them at the start of the Because they've had to deal with this now with Oscar Clefbaum for the last three years. And... uh, and, and and now they're going to have the opportunity, you would think in theory, and just for the record, so the listeners are aware, uh, and Hart, you know this, Edmonton's got 16 players under contract next year for $74 million. The cap's going to 83.5. We know not all these players are going to be back next year, but Lucic's retained salary is gone. Sekra comes off the books on the buyout side. And Mike Smith and, and uh, Clefbaum, who are, you can say they're dead cap space, but they're not really dead cap space because they're LTIR. But the orders, I mean, just, just neat, just Sekra and, and Lucic, that's 2.25 million. That's a third line player. Like they should have an easier summer to negotiate. Is that fair? Definitely. So not being an LTIR team gives them more flexibility in the offseason. Like one of the issues this, this last offseason, you know, they were interested in Connor Brown at one point, right? But, because of the LTIR and how that impacts even the off-season salary cap calculations, it was difficult. Um, you know, teams can go 10% over the cap in the summer, but again, if you're trying to factor an LTIR into that, it makes it more complicated and it makes you have to like set your LTIR pool. In fact, what Washington, they ended up like sort of wasting several million dollars. I think it was like $3 million of potential LTIR pool because they had to go into the off-season um, 
LTIR and set their pool and they couldn't do what the Oilers did before training camp and kind of move the roster around to optimize it. So it definitely impacts what you can do in the offseason. And the other, the big thing is it impacts what you can do or what happens during the season. So like we've talked about many times on the show, cap space occurs during the season if you're under the cap, but it does not if you're in LTIR. So the Oilers, you know, at different times while Keane's been on LTIR, they've had a couple of million dollars of cap space, but if they don't use it that day, it does not help them the next day. And with King coming back, like uh, it, it, it didn't do anything for them, right? But um, if the team, let's just say they started the next season with $500,000 of cap space, $500,000 of cap space, if they didn't use it all all during the season, that's worth about $2.25 million of cap hit that they could add at the trade deadline. So you could go from being like super tight to the cap in like training camp, and if you have decent health and you don't like add, now you have a couple million dollars, whether it's a couple million dollars player that you add or you trade out a guy and you bring in a guy, a couple million dollars with a higher cap hit. So it gives you a lot of flexibility. So it, it makes a big difference. Um, the other thing that, that we, we haven't mentioned and we've, we've mentioned, talked about in the in the past though is the performance bonuses so this year they had nine hundred thousand dollars in performance performance bonuses from last year that because they were an ltr and over the cap carried over and are charged for this year um any performance bonuses they have this year would it would be the same for next year um but next but if they're not an ltr to next year that's not necessarily going to be an issue uh for them and next year you could see guys maybe like uh, a holloway um, or other or guys on entry-level contract maybe earning performance bonuses, then it's not going to hamper them the following year. The other thing, I mean, maybe the silver lining in Bouchard not having as strong a season is, you know, last and year he made his full 850. Yeah, he made his full 815 performance bonuses. You know, I don't, I don't know what he's, he's going to have to have a pretty big second half um, to get there this year. Otherwise, like that's you know 850 that maybe they were thinking they were going to lose for next year that they're not going to lose now. Well, and, and do you know uh, what is it? Top is it top three it's, time on ice? It's well, it's for ten goals for a defenseman. Ten goals, twenty-five assists, forty points. Top four in ice time, either per game or total minutes. Top three in plus minus, point uh, four nine points per game, or top two in uh, team in top two in defense and block shots. So, I mean, he's not getting plus minus. He's you know he's going to have to pick up the pace. Um, on the on the points and goals and assists, right? I mean, it's possible he might get there in defense or in ice time. Um, so you're maybe looking at one, you know, maybe two. They're how talking is, how a couple many hundred. Does he need or does it? Well, how many? Does, one, it's per, it's per one, one, right? Yeah, each one he hits would be two hundred and twelve thousand five hundred of bonus. So you know, they, last year he made eight fifty. If he only hits like the ice time one this year. Now that's you know that's only two twelve, so that's six hundred thousand more cap space for next year than they were probably kind of thinking internally. So there's uh, a bit of a silver lining. Now he's playing. Yeah, he's playing eighteen twenty one per game, and Kulak's playing eighteen oh five. The other, like the other, you know, Barry's at twenty uh, thirteen, Cece's at twenty fifty three, and Nurse is at twenty four. So, I mean, I, I'd say at this game, it's unlikely that he's going to finish in the top three. And now, now, how does it work if a guy gets at like if they? Let's just say for the sake of argument, they give up two number ones and a number two, and and Fogel at a deal and get Chikrin back and whatever. Uh, you know, maybe they have to give a little bit more than that. Who knows? And Chikrin comes in and plays twenty two minutes a game. And so, the, does that count for you know Chikrin yeah. coming in for half a season? Does does that do you know how that works? Yeah, 
guys, it, it, it basically doesn't matter where the guy played. It, at the end of the season, they'll take, take the full stats for those guys. So, yeah, if they brought in guys that played more, that could push them down the list. Um, but also it's it's either time on ice per game or total minutes for the year. So, you know, if they get a couple injuries or, you know, Chikrin's already missed some time, he might still finish top four in, like, total minutes for the for the season, even if it's not per game, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jason Sangudo from Sangudo has just texted us. You'll laugh at this. He says, the Oilers have no need to worry about monetary policy because we all know budgets balance themselves. That's what <laughs> Justin from Ottawa says. <laughs> oh, it's kind of funny. So the bottom line here is we could have as many as 20 teams in LTIR. We just had Pat Verbeek saying on it's very quiet on the trade front, which nobody wants to hear in Edmonton because they want, damn it, they need to see some changes to the lineup. And I, I do think there will be a short-term, smaller deal made. The reality is, Hart, in order for Edmonton to get the D that everybody wants them to get, but the, you know, a check run or, I mean, I don't even know how you get in the conversation on Ekholm or uh, Provorov or somebody like that, you know, worst case scenario, Edmondson. Those are deals that are probably happening closer to the deadline, and you're going to have to get really creative to make it happen, aren't you, from a cap perspective? They're definitely going to be like dollar in, dollar out. But I would say, um, you know, I, I'd say, though, I don't know for the Oilers, their side, they don't need to wait to the deadline because, again, they're an LTIR. Cap space doesn't accrue for them, right? So, like, uh, like right. teams under the cap, if the longer they wait to the deadline, the more cap space they would have. The Oilers, like, they're, they're zero. When they make these moves to get Kane back, let's say they go with that 21 roster I talked about, they'll have zero dollars of cap space. That's not going to change, like, from that day forward until the trade deadline if they don't make any roster moves. So, assuming they are, they're willing to give up the assets, they know what they want, and the other team is willing to, to make the deal. Like, there's no reason for the Oilers to wait from a cap perspective. You know, again, the market may dictate them having to wait or not knowing what they want. Well, that's but that's maybe one advantage for the Oilers is they could get the jump on a team like Again, a team like Calgary, they're under the cap and they're accruing a little bit of cap space every day. They have to basically wait till the close of the deadline unless they're going to send out send some equal money out. But the Oilers don't have to wait, so that's you know one advantage is they couldn't be an early mover if they found a willing partner. Yeah, I think the two teams are looking for different pieces. I think Calgary's looking for another scoring winger, and I think Edmonton's looking. I think Edmonton can score enough. I think the Oilers are looking for a defender. How do people follow your heart? On Twitter, at Puckpedia, and on the website, Puckpedia.com. Great stuff. Thank you for uh, giving us some perspective on this. Appreciate it. Thanks. You bet. That's Hart Levine from uh, Puckpedia. It is 1.53 in Edmonton. We are going to head off to this day in Oilers history. It is presented daily on the show by New West Travel. You can travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to newwesttravel.com. And we're going back to January 11, 1983. And here's Brennan Escott. Veteran Oilers forward Pat Hughes records the fastest two shorthanded goals by one player in NHL history, burning the St. Louis Blues for two and 25 
five seconds on the PK, two of his 25 goals on the year. Uh, it is an Oiler who then took that record over in 1988, Bob. I'm sure you know which one. A guy that scored two goals in quicker than 25 seconds on the PK? That's right. It was in the fall of 80, was it 87, 88 or 88, 89? I believe it was 87, 88. Has he been on the show multiple times? <laughs> no, it wasn't Wayne. Essa? Yes, there you go. Did he do it against Toronto? That I'm not sure of. I'd have to double back on that. I thought for some reason Essa might have done it against Toronto. All right. Uh, coming up tomorrow, by the way, Brendan, you're going to take the next couple of days off, so enjoy it. Uh, you got to make up a little bit of holiday time. There, you know, that's just that's the way it works these days. We're going to miss you. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Uh, we'll have Washington Capitals color analyst uh, Al May and our NHL insider John Shannon. Obviously, we'll have a complete review of the Oilers game against the Anaheim Ducks. The face-off show starts tonight at 6 p.m. with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Cam Moon, myself, Jack Michaels, Brendan, all part of the Oilers radio network. And we'll uh, have the broadcast of the game tonight. The Oilers and the Ducks in the Honda Center at 8 p.m. Coming up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons of Jalen Nye from 3 to 6. So long from now, from SoCal, I will join you from the Honda Center tonight. And uh, that will be at 6.35 p.m. So long, everybody.